Bree Show. I have a very special guest today, Mama Jan. She was dubbed the name Mama Jan by Usher. She is a vocal coach and instructor. She has Jan Smith Studios. She has over 30 years experience in the music industry as an artist and mentor. She's Grammy-nominated producer. She's an inductee to the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. She is the coach of Justin Bieber. She's on his... Um, his movie, Never Say Never. She also coaches a lot of people you probably know. Usher, the gang, Kelly, Rob, Thomas, just to name a few. And Billboard has also named her one of the top 100 women in music. All those things, but one of the coolest things about her is her heart. And I've known about Mama Jan for years. I actually took lessons from one of her instructors at her studio, Heidi, actually, that's her name. Um, but I got to know her heart better in Kenya this past September as we went on the trip with Serve International. So I wanted to ask you, Mama Jan, you you were a music artist, and then you kind of forged this whole way as a coach and um, a, a mentor. So what was that transition like? So first of all, um, let me back up for just a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for all of the accolades of that wonderful introduction. And uh, one point of correction while Usher did take the name Mama Jan public, I always like to give props to okay. John Hopkins of the Zach Brown Band because he will argue that he was the person who initially called me Mama Jan and oh. then Usher <laughs> made it public knowledge. So I just always like to say gotcha. that and, and shout course. out to John. Um, but uh, thank you very much for all of that. And, and I, what I'd say is uh, in 30-some-odd in years or, or really 61 years now of being alive, if you have an accomplish certain things, uh, you probably aren't living your life. And so <laughs> thank you for the, the, the kudos and all that. And yes, to answer your question, it is correct that um, I started out as an artist first, growing up singing and making up songs and hearing in color when I came into the world was just um, the way that I that, that I knew the world and never really thought that I would be doing all of this other stuff with all of these other people. <laughs> because I was really focused on myself and my own talent and thought that that's what it would always be about. I like to say that God had different designs on my life and, um, you know, throughout that process just honed my skill set so that I would finally align myself with that greater purpose and that really is helping other people to shine and um, helping other people in their paths. So I think that that's where I'm at at this point now. Yeah. What were some of the lessons that you learned as like a coach and mentor that you don't think that you would have learned as an artist? Hmm. Putting your own ego aside to be able to help someone else develop, you know, their their love and desire and passion and, and also understanding that um, God blesses other people and it's not just about, you know, you getting what you think you want or deserve or should have. And being able to celebrate in other people's success mm. is, is a hard place for a lot of artists to be because they typically compare themselves to other people and compare their successes to others versus really paying more attention to the path that they're on. And I think that that's a really uh, important thing for people to learn, but also a difficult place to be. Mm. So that's a, um, a an important thing and, and one that stands out to me as a, as a lesson that I watch a lot of other artists have to acquire a skill set in, if you will. Um, there, there are a lot of different lessons. Um, humility 
goes a long way. I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, the whole comparison thing. But humility is um, is an acquired skill, I like to say. And there, you know, life will teach you, life will teach you, um, and if you don't listen, you will continue to be humbled until you get the message, until you learn the lesson. I believe that uh, being charitable is also a great lesson that when you give to others and you help others, that always comes back to you, uh, not just one-fold, but usually two- and three-fold. Learning that lesson is incredibly important, too, that um, most artists have giving hearts except when it comes to themselves <laughs> and, and what they don't want to give up. And the greatest things have come to me and my business in that which I've given up. Mm. So um, wow. those would be some of the, the pearls, I guess yeah. I'd say. That's re- that's really important. And what do you feel like are some things that you've learned just business-wise about, I mean, because you have a super successful studio and coaching <laughs> business. I mean, th- it couldn't have just happened overnight. Right? Well, it, 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 it didn't, and it, and it doesn't. I don't, uh, you know, I think that people perceive success, you know, overnight success kind mm-hmm. of stories. And, and uh, what I know about a lot of artists is that they're working, you know, for long periods of time and years and years and then all of a sudden the rest of the world uh, becomes aware of them and that's what we call overnight mm-hmm. success so yes it's a it's a tilling process of many years for me um you know I, I laugh because people say you know you're an icon or you have a successful <laughs> business and all this blah 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 I'm still pursuing. For, so for me, I'm on the inside looking out, not the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand. Uh, I mean, I do. I get it from a business perspective and all the accolades that go with it. But for me personally, I'm still achieving. I'm still desiring. I still have mountains that I want to climb mm-hmm. and things that I want to see happen. Um, and so success to me is always elusive because I'm still right. chasing it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's what you know, if you can, if you can grasp this concept, that's what keeps you um, motivated and also relevant in the pursuit. Mm-hmm. If you, if you think you've arrived, um, I begin the, uh, I believe that the other stuff begins to happen, where you're no longer successful, or you're, uh, you know, so always having the goal out there to keep moving, keep going, keep aspiring to, to, to do great things and to be great to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, is a, is an important business lesson. And the other business lesson that I learned is doing business. Um, <laughs> having boundaries as an artist is a very difficult thing because uh, you're always, ex- or I, I was always experimenting with, you know, sounds and, you know, things, and music uh, really doesn't have boundaries, and yet it really does theoretically. So um, learning boundaries, learning how to set set limits um, and for my own um, preservation honestly understanding that that you know whether we like it or not art and commerce do collide and there is a there's a dollar value that gets placed on that and when you're an artist you become that commodity mm-hmm. and it's a very difficult thing in business as an artist to do that well yeah so um learning how to do business and I still learned that <laughs> and and the other important thing is that we n- nobody gets there by themselves mm. surrounding yourself with other people who are aligned with your vision and 
who have that vision to giving them the space to be who they are creatively and yet um, really have people that run alongside you to, uh, you know, give you feedback and, and people who are honest, who will tell you the truth no matter what. I think is extremely important. You know, Jan Smith Studios and all that I do is not about me. It is through me that that work gets done. And and it's also um, by virtue of a lot of other people who have also poured themselves into that and into several thousand people mm-hmm. um, that makes the whole work, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, those are probably the greatest things I've learned about about business and, and one other thing, and, and that is not to acquire debt. Mm. As an artist and as a human being and, and as a consumer, n- not having debt loom over me allows me the freedom to be able to do more of what I want to do. Mm. It may not happen as quick as other people might want it to happen or they're willing to put themselves in debt to have. Um, I... I would strongly advise young business entrepreneurs and artists to really, really reconsider that and to live debt-free. That's so great. You had mentioned at the beginning that there are still mountains that you want to climb. Absolutely. What are some of those mountains? Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there are always artists, um, you know, out there that I'm available and open to work with (laughs) um you know it's just and that's in my industry you know just people voices uh I love artists like Jesse J Beth Hart you know Beyonce um uh, Bruno Mars um Justin Timberlake there there are artists like that 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 are are great artists and and I love to take great artists and help them raise their bars because I Mm -hmm. believe that knowledge is power and the application of that makes us more successful so I believe that you can always learn something, no matter how good you are at what you do. Mm. I know that because of the artists that I've worked with, and and, um, I'm a pretty decent artist myself, and I continue to learn. So there are those artists. Um, You know, my goal as a child was always to win a Grammy. Uh, I've been nominated for one by virtue of production. Um, And, and, you know, that window of opportunity for me as an artist has Mm. passed. Um, But... You know, I I still have that as an icon in my mind, as a dream. I've got two medallions, and and I'm grateful for those and lots of different awards. And and those are just awards, but that's one that, you know, is representative of my industry and and that's given by my peers, and so that's that's something. Um, More importantly, though, is the the work that I'm doing now developing other young artists and and seeing them. It's a great thing watching them um, achieve, uh, that's really my Grammy. That's really my goal is, is, is watching work that I've done with young artists or middle-aged or old artists, watching them achieve and watching them have it. So it's a great thing. So oh, that will sure. always be a goal, um, as will, you know, making my mother proud and honoring my mm-hmm. father's memory. And my mother uh, is, is always, you know, the forefront of, of who I am at this point in my life. Um, there are places that I want to travel. There are places in the world that I want to see still because the places that I've seen have just blown me away. Mm. Uh, the artistry of God is, is so overwhelming. And, um, and there are places that I'd like to see in my lifetime if I can. Um, 
there are more records that I'd like to make. Uh, taking time in my own studio to record has been <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's so funny. I own a recording studio, and for 15 years, I have I've only cut you know two of my own songs. But right. you know, doing that, and um, I really like building business, and um, you know, thinking about the expansion of build business and and what I can do that leaves more of a legacy that helps other people because I'm not always going to be here. So that's what I think about the building blocks in terms of, you know, what's next. Um, I have a book that I'm writing now. It's about the work that I've done with, with some of my national artists that people know and some vocal anecdotes therein. It's somewhat autobiographical, but not really an autobiography, if you will. Uh, I wanted to keep it vocal centric and uh, not so focused on me personally, but on on the work and letting the the clients have an opinion. So their opinions are in there. Of me. Oh, okay, so that it should be kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. Thank you. Now, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was really helping people succeed. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in star power? I mean, do you believe that when somebody walks through the door, you go, okay? That person has the tools that it takes to kind of mm. make it in this industry. Is there such thing? Um, I think that star power and making it in the industry are two different things. Okay. So yes and yes. Uh, I, I think that I do believe um, that there is such as, you know, the word star or the word celebrity is so, uh, you know, you have to define that. Mm-hmm. When, when artists come in and say, you know, I want to be famous, it's like, well, fame, <laughs> is a, fame is a byproduct. Right. You know, celebrity has become a way of living for, like the Kardashians, for example, have made being a celebrity a, 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 a truly, an, um, it's a way of life. I mean, you know, it, it's a way of commerce. And there's a lot of smart involved in that, so I'm not mad at it. But it's a different kind of, of uh, an idea that can only happen, you know, with today's social media. So when people are naturally gifted, I am one of those people. And so I recognize it when I see it and hear it. Mm-hmm. I think that there are people on our, you know, walking the planet that are graced with great genetic coding who are yeah. just beautiful. Um, I used the example of, you know, meeting Ricky Martin for the first time. I was uh, at the Grammys with Rob Thomas when he was up for a Grammy with Carlos Santana for the song Smooth. And I had the luxury of being a fly on the wall. We shared the same dressing room as Carlos. And Ricky Martin walked in and I was never a big fan. Um, But I got to watch him as he was paying homage to Carlos, who had gone before him as a a Latin artist and paved the way. Ricky was opening the show that year, and and he's a star in his own right. I just was never a big Ricky Martin fan. But he he was so beautiful as a—I mean, like, physically to look at him. I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) He was one of the—I mean— I, I, I turned red because I, I, I caught myself staring at him. He was one of the most beautiful people I'd ever seen in my life. And, I mean, he is put together real well, okay? Uh, it's like meeting Brad Pitt in person. You're talking about tall drinks of water right. here. And so, you know, and there are some women, too, that are that way. They're just striking and, like, wow, beautiful people. I think that talent is that way, too. And, um, you know, being musically gifted, I certainly recognize that when someone walks in and they are just like, I have a young girl that I'm, well, I have several young artists right now that I work with that are just like blow my head off. They're so incredible. But you you know it when you hear it. When Justin Bieber came in at, you know, the age of 12, you know, 
he was cute, he was darling, but past that, he really had the deliverable goods. Did some of that have to be um, cultivated and developed? Yes, and and I'm proud of my work therein, but, but did he have that? Yes, he did. Did that mean that the general public was going to respond to it to the point that they did? Not necessarily. There were a lot of other people and a lot of other things that had to align mm. in that young man's career. And then there's history and then there's God. Mm. So, I mean, I I believe in all of that. But just because someone is uber talented doesn't mean that Martha is going to go to Best Buy or Big, you know, Big Lots or, or the Kmart or, or to Amazon <laughs> and buy right. nine million copies of mm-hmm. it. So there's a whole lot that goes into that, what you just, mm-hmm. the star power thing. Um, and I am also a living example of that. Yeah where uh, I am racked and stacked with all kinds of oh, that stuff. Unbelievably. So, I, I can yes. hold a room, you know, in my hand and hold people's attention. But timing, you know, is everything. Mm-hmm. And, and the timing for me as an artist didn't necessarily, you know, line up mm-hmm. with the talents that were available at the time with what was going on in the world and in, in music. And then there's my choices therein. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, totally. So yeah. there's a whole lot that goes into your question. And I'm probably rambling a little bit, but I want to be real clear that when people come in to see me, I always say, I don't make people stars. I work with a lot of them. I may help some of them maintain their positions as such, but I don't make them stars. The mm-hmm. general public does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that... How how has that changed too with the whole social media hmm. aspect in our world today? More people think that they're stars, <laughs> <laughs> and and people, you know, quite frankly, people who are not um, what I would consider, you know, naturally gifted at um, in in music or as singers are are naturally gifted in promotion and in mm-hmm. marketing, and so and and that is a gift, by the way, um, just like you know, sewing clothes and making. Uh, designs and and building buildings and you know cleaning floors quite frankly I mean you know there there are gifts in in mm-hmm. hospitality there's gifts in so many ways that people don't think are gifts everybody thinks music acting you know that whole celebrity thing without the gifts of every person on that team that person who is the focal point uh you know, Louis Giglio says this real well. It's the church that allows him to be the pastor, not the other way around. Right. And and I, and I think that that's really true of artists. It, it there's a team of people that are all working behind the scenes, just like with what you're doing today. There are other people involved in this process that that allow you platform. Mm-hmm. And and going back to one of your other questions, being gracious, mm-hmm. being grateful, and being appreciative of exactly that right. has a whole lot to do with what we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, for sure. You know, you have, um, I mean, you have an element, too, of fame um, with what you do. Because of that, because I think a lot of people end up knowing kind of a surface Mm-hmm. level of you or just hearing of your ac- ac- 
Okay, I can't say that name. Accolades. Alkalades. Accol- oh, my gosh. Alkaline well, accolades. Alkalades, whatever. Um, I just had to do a voiceover, and it was like, there was like specificity. I could not get that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Blah, 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 blah. Um, do you feel like that there's, do you feel like you're misunderstood in any way, or that people may, like, what's something that you think that people think of you that's not true? There's probably a lot. I, I think. <laughs> I think that you know. Yes, because because we are, are human beings and we make assumptions. Right. And, and we make assumptions about those things which are not factual or which we don't know. And I, I think that is human. But um, <sighs> mm, I I know that <laughs> I, I know that reputably, um, um, people think that I'm. Um, you know, a hard, a hard A. <laughs> um, people um, think that I'm probably difficult, um, and um, and a little bit austere. And mm-hmm. and I think that all of those things can be true. Uh, there's a part of me that can be difficult. Usually, it's attached to a point of reference, however, and um, certain things that I will not compromise on at this point in my life. And right. and the reason I say that is because I have compromised my life. I have compromised my faith. I have compromised me uh, many times and, and made choices that did not serve me or the greater good. Mm-hmm. And having my life redeemed and transformed means, okay, n- now I, I have to kind of draw a line and say, no, nah, you know, it's okay. It's no judgment. I'm not going to judge you for the decisions or choices you make, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to be in a position where people would make assumptions that I would go along with or do that. It's not okay with me at this point. And I, and I kind of don't have to, um, none of us do, but, but it takes a minute for people to learn that. I Mm. think, um, I, I hope that people understand the heart of who I am um, because that's really important to me. Yeah. My heart, God put a big heart in me, and it's huge. And and um, sometimes protecting that has perhaps made me have to distance myself just because mm-hmm. of um, making sure that I'm staying on point with what I need to be doing with it and, and also the hurtfulness that's out there. I mean, people are mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you asked about social media. Oh my gosh. One of the things that I like least about it is that, that people, it gives people free license just to, you know, go chop other people up. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like what, what positive purpose it, it, could that remotely serve mm-hmm. other than making you know that you, you know, struck out and stabbed at somebody. Right. And the anonymity of that is very dangerous, I mm-hmm. believe not just for us as individuals, but as a culture. Absolutely. It doesn't jibe very well with, um, you know, love one another Mm -hmm. and, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. People like to say that, but then they get real snarky when they get on social media. Mm -hmm. So being kind and being supportive um, is something that I really want to do and be known for Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I have at times in my life come from places of, you know, self-serving, self-righteousness, and I've probably been hurtful to other people. Mm-hmm. I know that I have in, in some of my choices, and 
Um, and I don't want to do that anymore because it feels bad. Mm. It feels bad. And, and when you learn that and when you're on the other side of that hurt, you think more often about what you're willing or not willing to do to another person. Mm. So um, I, I hope that people would know that about me and know that um, by what I do and what I say, that I truly want to be representative of the good of what I've learned yeah. by, by my falls from grace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely know that from firsthand about mm. you, for sure. We were roomies. I know. We were roomies, <laughs> and we had so much fun. We did. Uh, in fact, she doesn't even call me Heidi. She calls me Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Okay, so here's a, here's a fun story about that, okay? I always tell people, know who you're following, because, you know, you don't want Ray Charles driving your tour bus. And and all and all kudos to Ray. I got to meet Ray before he died, and he's a wonderful man, and I, and I salute his uh, great talent. But, you know, we were, um, the last couple of days, of being in Africa, we had the privilege of being at the Masamara and being able to um, do a couple of days of safari. And so um, Heidi and I were, were roommates in, in the luxury tent. <laughs> and, uh, and at night, it was kind of hard to after dinner to find your way back yeah, to, it was to, dark. to the sure. little, whichever little path was yours. So we were all following Heidi, and she thought <laughs> she knew the way. And we, she didn't know, so we, we, I dubbed her Ray Ray, which I have a tendency of calling people Because we nicknames. ended up in the garbage, didn't we? We, <laughs> we ended did. up at the dumpster. Not the dumpster. Uh, from They're following. like, Heidi, this is not our tent. <laughs> it was definitely, definitely Ray Charles was guiding yes. that, that tour bus. So Ray Ray affectionately is the, the Heidi Rue nickname there. And somehow I I continue to lead us on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so can you share a little bit, since we talked a little bit about uh, the Kenya trip, uh-huh. can you share um, what you have experienced or learned? Like what's been the biggest impact about working with Serve International mm. um, and, and the trip to Kenya? So Serve, um, I mean, I have friends there, you know, Jim Vineyard and Steve Kasha and Candace. But uh, the thing that I love, about first of all going to to Africa was that was a that was on the bucket list mm-hmm. um and going back uh is something that I will do too but seeing seeing money being dealt with effectively and efficiently and and having done with it what you're told is going to happen was an amazing thing mm-hmm. that gives me great respect and and huge uh, you know, props to to Steve and to the staff of Serve, but for doing what they say they're going to do, seeing what one man and a vision of his and his heart, because a child died in his arms twenty years ago in Kenya, looking at what just having feet on the ground and what he's done is amazing. Um, so I don't want anybody to ever tell me that they can't do something. You can do anything you set your mind to and your willingness to. And um, being there and being a servant and really being the the feet and the hands of Jesus as I see it, giving food to people who need it and who are literally in state, different stages of, of starving to death and being in places where where there's really no hope and then going to the house of hope a place that has been provided for orphans who are left in the desert and in these desolate areas and who would not otherwise have 
a future, much less have hope, was one of the, the single most humbling things of my life. And, you know, meeting people who've never seen their faces, meeting people who are tapping trees for sap and boiling it down for sorghum when there's nothing else to eat, meeting people who have probably never had a bath in their lifetimes, when you come back and when you turn on the faucet and you take a hot shower and when you open your refrigerator and when you crank your car and drive to the grocery store, it, it changes you. And, and if it doesn't, something's wrong with you. Um, but it changed me. It changed me to know just how privileged and how blessed and how, oh, my God, abundant I live. And there's a calling on that that makes me responsible to be a better steward. That's what going to Africa taught me. And that's what SERVE does, I believe, as good, if not better than most, every charitable organization that I could name. And, and there are many. This just happens to be the one that, for me personally, fit the bill, does what I believe in, and, and I'm happy, happy to give my money to because I know I've seen with my own eyes now. Mm -hmm. If there was ever a doubting Thomas, I would be her. I've seen with my own eyes what it does. And there's a little girl, at least one, if not many, but one little girl there that I know has a dream and she has hope that she can become something now when she came from a place of not having either. Mm. That matters. Yeah. That matters. And I can't save the whole world, but if I can change one life, or they say if you can be the world to one person, yes. I, and I believe that I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me tear up over here. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know how much I love Serve and everything mm -hmm. that they do over there, and everything you said is just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and you exactly. can uh, you can go online, uh, serve serve one dot org or yeah. serve international. Please check that out because yeah. they're a great organization. We'd love to mm -hmm. we'd love to have you help. And it's serve without the e too. S e r v. Correct. And then spelled out one dot org. Um, Okay, so as we wrap up, I mm -hmm. just wanted, I, I hope that you can even share this. I mm -hmm. haven't checked with you. Okay. But you just got some, like, really huge mm -hmm. news. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about your next mountain, right? <laughs> <laughs> can you share that with us? Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, God works in, mis in mysterious ways and, and, and is always, um, you know, way ahead of where we think we are. Um, I, I was recently, I have a very dear friend, one of my BFFs, um, shout out to, to Ginger Schlanger. Um, she's a professional writer and just a, a, a gift to me as, as, you know, that family that you choose. And we've known each other for, you know, 30 some odd years. And so Ginger um, worked for an organization called LeaderCast, which is a, the um, non-secular kind of sidearm of Catalyst. And she jokingly said, I believe I'm working here, you know, for you. And I was like, what do you mean? So anyway, the culmination of that was um, I was asked to speak at um, LeaderCast Women's Event uh, a few months back. And um, it was a great honor and privilege for me to, you know, to walk on the stage and talk about what I do. Right. And people actually, uh, you know, responded well and, and uh, got something out of it. And, and Ginger was very helpful um, in um, me organizing my thinking so that I was actually a professional speaker. Um, 
but I've been on stages my entire life, so performing is something that comes very naturally and also engaging an audience. So the woman who was my handler that day for LeaderCast, her name is Karen Moriarty, um, happened to be in conversation. She loved my presentation and just uh, wanted to continue, um, you know, conversations about other ways that I could do speaking. And she happened to know this gentleman who happened to be one of the three people who happened to be on a committee that makes the decisions of who's going to speak in Washington, D.C., um, during the National Prayer Breakfast. And, um, you know, they have a keynote who is somebody like an Oprah or, a you know, a Bono. And last year, I think they had Mark and Roma uh, Burnett. But um, long story short, I got invited to go to Washington, D.C. to be one of the three uh, business speakers during the National Prayer Breakfast. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, I'm probably the least political person on the planet, uh, <laughs> so I, I can't really say a whole lot about politics at this point, but, I, you know, it's it's a great honor. Mm. I, I love this country, and having traveled all over the world and been to places that are done very differently, you know, regardless of what people think right now and whatever people want to say about this country, wow, if you go outside of the neck of our woods, um, there's a different level of appreciation that you have, even with the uh, the dissonance that occurs in our system. It is an amazing country. Uh, we are we have our own issues, no doubt about that. Things that we really need to be more sensitive to, and things that do require and should receive our attention politically. There are many things that we shouldn't be messing around with, in my opinion. But I am honored, I am humbled, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be invited, number one, to go there and to be able to talk about what I do in the context of um, my beliefs and who Jesus is to me and what Jesus has done in my life, and to be that example while I am there, um, it, it, it just is one of those incredible things. And so I'm grateful and hope that I, um, I honor the opportunity that's being afforded me to go and to do that and shout out to Karen Moriarty and to Phil for the invitation. So um, I'll be doing that in February and very excited to go that's to our so nation's exciting. capital. That's oh so my wonderful. Goodness. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's kind of nuts. It is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And I can't I couldn't imagine a better person to be there. Hey, I, I can probably imagine several <laughs> hundred, but uh, but they chose me, so I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the hit. <laughs> well, Mama Jan, thank you so much my for pleasure. being here. I feel like uh, I could have just stood back and let you do the whole podcast yourself. No, um, no, no. I really thank do you. feel like um, I, I've t- actually talked to my husband. I'm like <sighs> I wish that Mama Jan would just be my mentor because, (laughs) um, you know, you just have so much wisdom Uh and not only just about life stuff, but about business. But I think that more than anything, you know, there are people in this world that stand up and they say, um, my life is perfect. I have it all figured out. Mm. Let me teach you. Oh, no. And you are you are the person that says, listen, I've made mistakes, but my life is a story of redemption, and I can share the grace mm-hmm. of my life with you, and I can share the lessons that I've learned. Mm-hmm. And and you, there's no more fitting name than Mama because you have been that to so many people. Mm. And I know that we've talked about this before just on the trip, um, but 
I just have to say this quick story, but on this, the trip, Mama Jan came up to me at one point and she said, um, you know, you're already a mom to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, about how, um, you know, we both don't have children. And yet I think that God gives us so many opportunities to be that to mm-hmm. so many people that need it. So, and you are. I, I always that. laugh about that. And I'm, I'm kind of famous in the Justin Bieber movie saying I'm a 54-year-old, I was then, 54-year-old, you know, uh, motherless, you know, woman. And they call me mama. Or chi- <laughs> chi- childless, not motherless. I'm sorry. Right, childless right. woman, they call me mama. And, and it is kind of a standing joke uh, mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, fancy myself the least possible, you know, mother that anybody could imagine. Um, and I mean that sincerely. I, I'm, I'm, I never grew up being that kind of material. Um, but it, it is amazing what, what God provides through the opportunity to, to, to shepherd others and to be a steward of that is a, a lot of responsibility. And I'm good with that. And my point to you and to anybody else, mother or fatherless, uh, I'm sorry, childless men and women is what I'm trying to say here, that your example can be called for in so many other ways than just biologically having a child. I am a mother to a little girl in Kenya, and there are other children that are there who are in great need Mm -hmm who don't have parents anymore for whatever reason, and not just in Kenya, but here in the United States and the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta, mm-hmm. there are people and children and adolescents who need um, our attention. And I'll close on this and say that the Bible tells us that we are to be the keepers of our brothers and that we are to be the stewards of the orphans and the widows. And I would charge everyone who's listening that we are exactly that uh, answer to someone else's prayer. Mm. So true. Well, if someone wants to follow you and says, hey, I want to know what's, what's going on with Mama Jan, mm. then how can they do that? How can they Piece find of cake. Piece <laughs> of cake. Uh, it's easy to find me if uh, M-A-M-A, Mama, um, Mama Jan, uh, Jan Smith Studios, jansmith.com uh, I think if you go on the internet you can find me all of my social media is uh, Mama Jan Music again M-A-M-A Mama Jan Music and uh, thank you for the follows mm-hmm. and you know that I adore you so y'all be sure and, and follow up our, our Ray Ray Heidi too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Mama Jan my pleasure thank you as a Georgia peach she loves pleasing people so she wants to know how she can improve the show so let her know either on Facebook Twitter or Instagram at Heidi Rue Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 